0: Welcome to Beyond the Ivory Tower, conversations on journalism with Sandra Banyatz and Phoebe Mares. I'm Sandra and my name is Phoebe and you are listening to Beyond the Ivory Tower Conversations on Journalism, a podcast series where we want to talk about current research in journalism and today we continue our conversation on local journalism and this time with Joy Jenkins, an assistant professor at the University of Tennessee. We caught up with her almost
1: a year ago during the Korea Journalism Study Section Conference in Vienna. God, where has the time gone? I know, these interviews are getting (laughs) kind of old.
0: (laughs) Maybe a little, but definitely not the information that Joy shared with us.
2: My name is Joy Jenkins, um, and I'm a postdoctoral research fellow at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at the University of Oxford, Um, and there I am focusing my research specifically on local news uh, and the way local news organizations around Europe are responding to um, changes in audience consumption and um, news practices uh, through digital shifts um, and shifts in the digital environment. Um, I've focused on local news throughout my research experience, that's partially spurred from the fact that I worked as a local journalist in the United States um, in Oklahoma. I worked at an alternative news uh, alternative newspaper in Oklahoma City and then at a city magazine in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the bulk of my professional experience and my work there just really showed me uh, the importance of local news um, and the value it can hold for informing people in the community about issues um, and things that affect them and affect the community overall and how certain approaches to covering news can hopefully kind of spur them <laughs> to get engaged civically um, and to have an impact on their community. And so that's something that followed me into my doctoral work um, and I really aim to focus on. I did my dissertation. Um, looking at a uh, city magazine in Dallas, Texas um, and how they are creating community development organizations within the purview of their overall magazine brand to help um, inform and engage citizens to, to get involved into politics in the Dallas area.
0: Local journalism is something that we all consume. It often arrives in our post boxes or we hear it on our community radio stations. But
1: as we already discussed in our last episode, local journalism is changing and maybe becoming even harder to define. What topics does it cover? Who does it reach?
2: Local journalism, it's a really... um, definitionally challenging idea and term. There are a lot of different ways of looking at it. Um, I've specifically looked at local journalism and local media in the context of of legacy outlets. So looking at local and regional newspapers, city and regional magazines, um, and how those types of outlets have shifted their practices and philosophies to be able to adapt to a news environment that is increasingly complex and high choice and um, can be challenging to reach those kind of core readers um, that they've always depended upon, so, um, so I've looked at local media more in that sense, and so very geographically oriented, whether that's a kind of a smaller town up into a region, because they can be pretty diverse um, in the types of areas they cover. Um, and looking at all kind of the range of content, the beauty of local media, I think, is that they do the political coverage and political reporting. There's also a lot of lifestyle and human interest reporting. That's a particularly important facet of local media is using human stories and human narratives to try to connect with their readers and connect them to issues and how they affect them um, and so I've tried to look kind of across all those different topics and the ways that um, local journalism brings them together in a way that's you know relevant and important and tries to kind of focus that on the readers and their needs um, but of course you know those things are also changing in the digital sphere um, so reaching online readers who maybe are looking for different types of things local media have had to figure out you know what type of content works in that space and what do our readers want? Um, Do we personalize to try to reach them? And so there's a lot of really interesting questions there about how that's changing too.
1: We talk very often about what local journalism is as a product, but we don't really talk that much about who local journalists
0: are. Do new and -and up-and-coming journalists aspire to work locally or do they quote-unquote just see it as a stepping stone in their career?
2: That's a really good question, and I mean, I felt just from the interviews I've done and the outlets um, that i visited that there's a really strong sense of professional identity among local journalists, um, and this is something that's been shown um, in other research as well, is that when they talk about what they do, they connect very strongly to that feeling of covering a local community, being embedded in that community. Um, a lot of them, you know, they're, they're part of the community they cover. They're, they're a citizen as well as someone who's covering it um, for, for that public service aim. And so um, I think while you know, there may be some who use kind of local media as a launching pad to you know, other types of positions, certainly when I was in journalist, journalism school, that was the trajectory. You'll work in local media and then kind of work your way into other types of positions. Um, I think that there's also a lot of local journalists who really connect with that, connect with their need to cover things that are important. Um, also, there's a strong sense of representing the community to the outside world, that we're the ones telling the story of this place. Um, in a way we're kind of for this place. They may be hesitant to use that term, Um, but there is this sense of we're representing it in a certain way. People may understand us and who we are and where we're from based on that content. Um, And even, you know, some of the interviews that I did last year at local newspapers, that was something that came out among the reporters I talked to that, you know, they feel this really strong sense of we have a really valuable role to play um, to tell the stories of the people around us and ensure they're done in a way that, um, you know, has a positive impact and um, can help raise our community to the next level. Um, So I think that that's still strong there. And I think that's why with all these challenges facing local media, it does, you know, hit so hard because there's so many people that are so passionate about doing this type of reporting.
0: We hear a lot about technological changes and economic constraints affecting big legacy media, but we often forget that local journalism is probably most affected
1: With the Writers' Institute, Joy had the opportunity to investigate local journalism across European countries. And we wondered how is local journalism dealing with these challenges?
0: And are there any country-level differences?
2: Um, You know, of course, the big challenges are the fact that the position um, of local news outlets in their environments has just shifted so drastically over the last few decades. Um, You know, there was a time where, um, like, local newspapers in particular had a, you know, monopoly over, you know, readers and advertisers and being information sources for their communities. Um, And, of course, you know, the rise of mobile media and the rise of digital media and platform-oriented ways of getting information has just complicated that to a point where they're competing against all these other information sources to try to not only to draw readers, but to to draw revenues within that traditional model that they've always used of subscriptions and advertising and those types of things. And now, you know, Facebook and and Google and these other outlets can offer that targeted kind of cheap, accessible advertising um, that's really difficult for newspapers to compete with. And so, you know, the biggest challenge is just that economic challenge. And, And even, you know, I've done interviews in Finland and Germany and the UK and France, and those challenges... Well, they um, there's there's differences they're also pretty consistent um, across those countries and that they talk about you know the model we had just doesn't work anymore and so we have to figure out how to respond to that whether it's through paywalls or membership models or creating you know popular online content that draws a lot of you know clicks and engagement and there's not you know a clear answer for the best way forward but I think there is a lot of interesting innovation happening and experimentation happening and trying to figure out how to address those gaps Um, whether it's you know solutions journalism in France or some collaborative models um, which I've been looking at this year and trying to figure out how do we maximize the resources to keep doing good reporting while also addressing those um, economic challenges that we're going to continue to have to deal with.
1: As we kind of already said local journalism is not only your daily newspaper but it could also be a local
0: magazine where you get your everyday lifestyle information. So who do publications like this try to reach and what sort of content do they offer their audiences?
2: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, City and regional magazines, and I've only looked at them in the U.S. context, but they've historically, um, they mostly proliferated, proliferated in the 1960s on, um, but historically have served a pretty elite audience. So pretty affluent, highly educated, um, older, generally, audience of readers. Um, and the idea was to kind of reach them specifically with issues and topics important to them, while also providing that avenue for more high-end advertisers to also reach that reader. Leadership. Um, and so that's, that's been, you know, very much the case of city and regional magazines across the board. I think there is still an aim to tell stories that are interesting across audiences and to diverse audiences with topics that really affect the community as a whole. Um, but, but when you talk to them and you ask them, you know, kind of who is the portrait of your reader, they certainly kind of speak to that particular profile. Um, and so within that, in my research, I've tried to understand, okay, with that in mind, um, are these magazines also striving to, uh, present content in a way that maybe spurs those readers to action, because these are people that are promoted as influencers and people that can make an impact on their communities and that are politically and civically engaged and interested. Um, And that's how city magazine editors talk about them, and they very much value that. Um, So I've kind of sought to understand, okay, well, what avenues then do they give for them to engage and potentially give back? And and some city magazines have really taken that to heart um, and tried to present stories that can inform these readers about things that they may not know about. maybe don't affect them directly, but affect their city as a whole. Um, In the case of the magazine where I did my dissertation research, they have a political action committee that's housed within their space that's focused on uh, downtown development um, and creating avenues for that, um, as well as they had a leadership development program during the time I was doing field work and trying to get up-and-coming leaders engaged in their city. Um, So I think that there is a sense, um, because they have this type of audience, there's also an enhanced responsibility um, to inform them and kind of push them into engagement and i think you do see that in some of these publications
1: so it sounds like these magazines do not only offer lifestyle content but also stories on city development and other political issues which
0: kind of seems to suggest some overlap between magazines and other local journalism publications but maybe also some rivalry
2: in terms of content. I mean, there probably is an overlap with, you know, city and regionals and, and newspapers, for example, um, in the sense of presenting, you know, human interest-oriented stories, profiles, stories that really speak to um, the people who are affected by you know the issues in their communities. And of course, you know, in newspapers we see, particularly among local newspapers, a focus on service um, and things that can show people, you know, where to eat and where to go and what to do and, and those types of kind of um, my former publisher called it uh, refrigerator journalism, that the, the back to again and again and I think that's something you see in local newspapers and you see in these local magazines Um, the magazines are interesting though because um, at least the ones where um, I've done interviews and field work they talk about how they do desire to differentiate themselves from local newspapers and that they're not going to cover something immediately when it happens you know that's not their role their role is to wait a few months and to provide a different perspective a more in-depth perspective um, than what the newspapers may typically focus on and so telling a story with additional Text and interviews and background to be able to give readers a different idea maybe of what happened more in retrospect, <laughs> you know? And so I think that um, like the, the magazine where I did my dissertation, that was something they very much valued because they said, not only do we have local readers coming to us to get more depth on these issues, we may have people um, outside our community that heard about this event and want to see, well, what does the magazine's take on it? And so that kind of shaped their editorial philosophies about how they covered these things.
0: When we think of the word local, we think of our home, a physical location.
1: But we all know that our home doesn't stop being our home when we move away.
0: So how do we stay informed about what's happening over there from far away? And how does digitization change the meaning of
1: geography?
2: I think um, that question. I mean, it's increasingly complex, you know, because the the digital sphere has opened up uh, geographic boundaries in an unprecedented way, and so I think it changes the way um, local outlets uh, think about their audiences. They're no longer relegated to just that immediate space, um, and there's also, you know, a sense that uh, people are more transient, and there are, you know, readers who are outside but still have that interest in what's happening in their their hometowns and the places where they're from, and so. So I think it does, um, at least the, you know, the journalists I've talked to has forced them to kind of think differently um, about who they're reaching and why and across what types of boundaries. And so maybe it's thinking less about um, geography as the primary news value and maybe thinking about the the profiles of the people who might be interested. Are we trying to reach, you know, um, a young person who's just moved out of the city and is still interested? Are we trying to reach somebody who's lived here for decades and is interested in a particular type of information? Um, And I've been hearing from, you know, some. The editors and others i've talked to that they have this kind of um, these profiles of particular type of readers that they're keeping in mind that really do cross you know uh geographic boundaries in an interesting way and so i think and i think that's going to continue to be the case and so um so geography is this more kind of abstract concept <laughs> than it used to be and you can see that um reflected in some of the the content strategies i think
1: we have almost reached the end of this episode And you all know what that means! Right, what does Joy think are some interesting areas to research in the future?
2: I mean of course I'll um, ring the bell for um, continued research into local news and local journalism and how it's changing and what's happening in that field and I think there's a an increasing dialogue about that there's a lot of conversation in the industry press and in the public sphere about what the loss of local media means and the impact that can have and so hopefully that continues and extends into research you know beyond um, just those um, those news outlets that we tend to, to go to because they are influencers um, and recognizing the media li- landscape is really Really wide and diverse and there's a lot of room to look at local media, to look at magazines, to look at um, um, niche outlets that are targeted to particular types of groups and understand what role they play in that landscape. Um, I think the question of business models and economics is really really important and something that um, perhaps doesn't show up as often as it should um, in journalism studies research. So how business models have changed, how we're not going to go back <laughs> to what they were a couple decades ago and, and what are some of the ways that legacy outlets and others um, are responsible Responding to that um, is a really, really important question to ask. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and I think those are kind of yeah two key areas for looking forward.
0: Listening to this podcast, um, and if you want to know more about Joy's work, you can go to the University of Tennessee webpage. And if you'd like to know more about our research, you find us at the
1: Journalism Studies Center at the University of Vienna. Our website is
0: journalismstudies.uni vie.ac.at And there you can also find information on the rest of our team, Daniel Nullerke and Michael Marbacher, led by Volker Hanusch, and also our contact details if you'd like to get in touch. We hope you'll be around for our next
1: podcast, where we will talk about algorithms mm. and journalism with
0: Arjen van Dahlen from the University of Southern Denmark. The music you heard today is from Blue Dot Sessions. And also, as always, we want to thank Lisa Kiesenhofer for lending us her beautiful voice and Radio Campus for lending us their equipment. My name is Phoebe. And I'm Sandra. Until next time. bye. Bye.